2: First and goal at the four, Henry back in at running back, single back, Tannehill under center, marking out the signals, Woods in motion. The give is to Henry, tries the left side, Derrick Henry into the end zone for a Titans touchdown.
1: Welcome back to You Better, You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network.
0: Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans travel into New Orleans. Well, the Titans go marching into New Orleans and emerge with a win or a cover this weekend against the Saints. We'll talk to pro sports better Rob Bazzola about that game and more coming up in just a moment. But I want to remind our live audience coming up in 20 minutes, our pal Adam Chernoff from the Simple Handicap podcast. Pumped to talk week one with churn baby churn 40 minutes from now it'll be santa locky Lochmas talking heisman trophy in Woo. college football and then i'm going to give you some narrative winners in college football this weekend starting with colorado and our king deon sanders our king. taking on nebraska joey Kanish still to come season prediction still to come power hour final hour all our bets for tonight including side total and the Royal Prop King for the Chiefs and the Lions in the NFL season opener. But joining us right now, it is great to have him back in a in a weekly here. Yep. What's the word I'm looking for? In a weekly what? A recurring in a, re- segment? In, in a weekly spot. Spot whatever. spot the word? I don't think it is. It's another word. I'm getting older, Uh, but he'll be joining us weekly here for yet another football season. and We are really pumped to have him. That is our good friend, pro sports better, Rob Pizzola. You follow him on Twitter at his name, at Rob Pizzola. You got to check out his sports betting network, The Hammer. It is absolutely awesome at The Hammer HQ on Twitter. And his podcast is Circles Off. And like a lot of the people that come on our show, go uh, do a lot of Rob's content. Also, so everyone kind of supports everybody. And it's really awesome. Rob, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy football season to you and yours.
2: Happy football season to you guys as well. I know it's been a long time coming. It's finally here. Uh, I'm on almost no sleep because on, I, it's like just weird that I'm laying in bed thinking about Lions, Chiefs, opening night. No, Not, not any like real position on the game, but just that excited to, for football to be back. So uh, happy to break it down with you guys and uh, hope you're enjoying Vegas right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Rob, why don't we start with that, that Titans-Saints game, which Nick kind of alluded to. We haven't talked about that game a bunch on the show today, mostly because there hasn't really been a lot of line movement, right? The number's been kind of about three with New Orleans favored uh, for most of the offseason, sometimes three and a half. Um, anything interest you in that, uh, that Titans-Saints game?
2: Yeah, so uh, there was like a little tick towards the Titans about half an hour ago at some of the market-making shops. And I do have a lean that way, but I actually just prefer the total in the game. And I like the over. I have one of the lowest totals on the board at 41 and a half here. And typically you don't think of the Titans offense as like this offense that's going you know, to just blow other teams out of the water. But I, I particularly like the matchup for them here because if you look back to a year ago, they had a lot of success running directly up the middle with Derrick Henry, 4.9 yards per carry up the middle. And you look at how the Saints are built on defense, their best rush defenders are on the edge. They really have no one in the middle that can stop the run, and that's kind of been a problem for them now. So I do think that the Titans are able to get their offense working through Derrick Henry, then work the play action. I'm not too sold on the Saints overall, other than the fact that they have like a really easy schedule this year. And on the other side of things, I really like the Titans' front seven defensively, but... If you look at the matchups with the Saints wide receivers against this cornerback group for Tennessee, I do think that there's a recipe for success just for Derek Carr to get the ball out of his hands really quickly, hit receivers on the go, and work their way downfield here. So I actually made this this total much closer to 44. It's my biggest edge on the total this week. Uh, I guess a lean towards Titans right now, but obviously all those 3 and a halfs are gone off the board. If we were to go back to that number, I'd definitely jump on
0: that as well. I do think some of the Michael Thomas numbers will be interesting coming sure. up on Sunday with what Rob just said. Carr gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Michael Thomas now back for the New Orleans Saints as they host the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. By the way, capacity was the word I was looking for. Oh. Joining us in a weekly capacity.
1: Mm, weekly capacity. So
0: Rob is with us in a weekly capacity, and that's really great. Uh, Rob, let's talk about the Packers and the Bears on Sunday at Soldier Field. This is basically hanging out at like one on both sides here. Um, Romeo Dobbs does return to practice today on Thursday for Green Bay, but still no Christian Watson practicing this week with his hamstring injury. Where are you at right now with Green Bay and Chicago, the NFL's oldest rivalry, this Sunday in Soldier Field?
2: I'm at a position where I'm just trying to time the market in terms of when I'm going to bet Green Bay in this game. Uh, And I think there's obviously some potential downside with receiver injuries. They're not deep at receiver. The rest of the receiving core outside of Watson and Dobbs looks like Jaden Reed, Malik Heath. It's, It's really, really thin. But I'm not convinced that the Bears' defense can stop anyone in the passing game. I mean, you go back to a year ago, dead last EPA per drop back, they were just struggling on all accounts. Their pressure rate was the second lowest in the league. And this, to me, is like the, the matchup you want if you're Jordan Love, making you know the first start for any Packers quarterback since you know decades ago, prior to Brett Favre and, and Aaron Rodgers. So I think it's a good matchup regardless. And I just think that Green Bay matches up really well the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I'm not convinced that the Bears O-line is going to be so much better uh, than people think it is. Tevin Jenkins, obviously, on IR. I do think the Packers can generate a pass rush against this offensive line. So, ultimately, uh, I'm at a point here where I price the Packers in, like, the 54% range to win this game. That plus 100, I think, is a very solid bet right now. But with the amount of downside, potential downside, if either receiver was to miss the game, I don't think it's urgent to bet it, especially with the way that this number has trended over the course of the week. So I'm just kind of holding Pat here. I've let everybody know that. But one way or another, I'll be on the Packers this week. I just don't think that this is the perfect entry point.
1: Rob, the Broncos-Raiders game is really interesting, right? Because obviously Sean Payton takes over for, you know, like basically nathaniel hack at the previous year and it's obviously that's a huge upgrade but that's kind of built into not just denver's win total but almost this point spread too right where it's like oh well he'll just figure it out and russell wilson might be cooked but sean payton's just gonna like solve everything so they're gonna be more than a field goal against cool like a bad raiders team but you know if you use denver's rating last year you would get nowhere close to this number so denver three and a half against vegas uh any position for you on this game yeah i like
2: the raiders wow. i mean the early right angle sports move pushed Denver out a little bit and we've seen some buybacks since and now there's a possibility that Jerry Judy might play so you upgrade the Denver Broncos if that's the case but ultimately I'm with you guys I mean this is like a prove it type of situation for Russell Wilson I mean he struggled horrendously last year I think that there's some very bad pass blocking matchups in this game Uh, right tackle McGlinchey against Max Crosby Garrett Bowles Coming off of injury, looked very bad in preseason. So I think it could be a very bad Broncos offensive line heading into the year. On top of that, you got Vance Joseph as the defensive coordinator for the Broncos. And Vance Joseph is a very Blitz-heavy DC. We've seen that before throughout his career. Jimmy Garoppolo, .266 EPA per dropback against the Blitz since 2021. One of the best quarterbacks in football when facing the Blitz. And part of this is going to be like Devontae Adams uh, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, guys who can win at the line of scrimmage. So if you do send pressure, he can get it out of his hands quickly. I honestly just don't see much separating these teams in this matchup. You obviously have like the Denver, you know, covering whatever amount of games in September. I don't know what the percentage is. And that's like a lot of trend uh, narrative that's built into this. But I just don't see enough separation to warrant this line. So I like the Raiders at this price.
0: Pride and poise, commitment to excellence just cover, baby. Oh, yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders coming up on Sunday on the road at Mile High. You better, you bet, with Nick and Ken. Tremendous football Thursday, live from Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, Nevada, talking week one of the National Football League with pro sports better Rob Pizzola. Rob on Twitter, at Rob Bizzola. Uh Rob, we were talking about the Niners and the Steelers in our number one. We're talking line movement with it moved. Uh, Nick Bosa gets signed yesterday on Wednesday by San Francisco. And not only does the line not go up towards the Niners, maybe the expectation amongst betters with, with influence was that Bosa was always going to get signed and play in the game. But we've actually seen uh, the opposite here with Pittsburgh going to plus two. So San Francisco now a two-point road favorite, total 41 and a half. What do you have for us here, if anything, here on the Niners and the Steelers?
2: Yeah, you guys asked me a couple weeks ago what would be like my looks for week one. And I think I mentioned the Steelers as one that I would probably be on. And uh, it is one. This is kind of like a a double-ended play though. I have edges on the Steelers and the over in this game. Um, Ultimately, it's week one. There's a lot of uncertainty. We don't really know for sure how things are going to play out. But I did see a lot of things from the Steelers in preseason, from Matt Canada, especially stretching the field, stuff that we have not seen previously and I would really like the Steelers to stretch the field because I think that they have the receivers that are capable of doing it and I've been a Kenny Pickett stand for a long time as well I don't know that Nick Bosa signing has an impact on game one because I would just imagine he's going to be on a pretty severe snap count we don't know that for sure this is pure speculation there's not really a precedent for guys holding out this well there is but it's it's a very small sample sample size Um, So I don't know that it necessarily has an impact in this game specifically. With that said, I do like the 49ers matchup on offense as well. Um, They're very good at yards after the catch, have been for several years. You look at the Steelers' defense last year, below average in terms of yards after the catch, and that's been like, a, a consistent theme for them now going on several years with them getting worse and worse in that type of situation. And honestly, like Brock Purdy, there's a lot of uncertainty, but the guy put up 32 points per game as a starter last year in the six games he played at the end of the regular season. So I do think that we're going to see points. People typically think of these teams as defensive teams. I think like we're kind of gravitating towards them being offensive teams, and uh, this is a really low total for what I think these offenses are capable of. So over here, I make the game closer to them as well. You can decide whatever you want to do there. Maybe Steelers team total over would be the play for a lot of people.
1: Right. So, Rob, I know that's a, a total over that you like. Uh, and over that Nick and I both liked when we talked about this the other day was the total in the Jags-Colts game. Now, may, maybe not so much anymore. This thing got blasted, like today. Uh, 46 and a half now on the board, almost everywhere. Uh, up several points from open. So, a lot of interest in the over in the Jags-Colts game. Nick and I kind of liked that that over as well and the Jags still remain about a four and a half five point favorite against Anthony Richardson and the Colts what about Jags Colts like do you agree with that total move what would you do if you had to do anything with the side
2: I totally agree with the total move um, no pun intended and I, I I'm like upset with myself so uh, a couple uh, people that I, I highly respect uh, asked for the under in this game uh, yesterday I figured that there was more time to wait on this Uh, and potentially catch the best possible price. And you live and you learn. You make mistakes over the course of the year. But uh, sometimes waiting for the best possible price is not the best thing to do necessarily. Anyways, I've missed the number on this. I have huge concerns about the Jacksonville Jaguars defense this year. Like, I really don't have concerns about the offense. I think that they're going to score a lot. But defensively speaking, I think people are overrating the pass rush, overrating their secondary. I think that they're going to struggle against a lot of teams. And ultimately, we don't know what we're going to get out of Indianapolis week one but a lot of people pointing to Anthony Richardson in preseason as if like this is a sign of things to come. They didn't really design any running plays for him in preseason. They didn't have him on the move. Like I don't think you actually saw the real Colts offense in preseason. Now, that's not to say that they can't stink completely because they could, but ultimately I don't think we should be judging Anthony Richardson off of um, not looking great in the preseason. My number in this game is closer to four than it is five. Uh, my total has kind of settled into where the market is bedded to now, so not much to do there. But I I, I think the Jags are really going to play as an over team in the early going here because I think that they have a potentially a top-five efficiency offense and potentially a bottom-five efficiency defense.
0: Absolutely love to hear that. Rob, Sunday night football. Yeah, it's Cowboys versus Giants. It's Pizzola versus Costos. Division showdown. <laughs> yeah, the division a, a guest showdown. Host, a guest host showdown. How about that? Rob, <laughs> Big fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Nick Costos, lifelong fan of the New York football Giants. Rob, your team's got some injuries, some issues right now along the offensive line with Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith. We'll kind of see about their availability coming up on Friday's injury report. Uh, What do you have for us here at the Cowboys and the G-Men? Dallas, like in between a three and three and a half point road favorite on Sunday night.
2: I can't see a scenario where I'm not going to end up with a small bet on Dallas. Because if we do, Tyron Smith obviously on the injury report, Tyler Smith as well, if we do have both of them ruled out, the market is going to react accordingly. So because I have an edge on the Cowboys at the current number, at least a small one, uh, I'm very likely to still end up with one later on. So I'm just kind of waiting it out here. I'm not too high on the Giants this year. Part of it is that Daniel Jones' average depth of target was really short last season. He threw short of the sticks on like 64% of passes, which was much higher than league average. And if you look at quarterbacks that have historically done that, the the opposing defenses catch up to them the next year. I don't think the Giants added anything in the offseason that helps them stretch the field. I think they're going to be easier to play against in terms of other defenses going up against them this year. On the other side of things, a lot of people have talked about the Dak Prescott interceptions last year and how they were like unlucky, a product of being much higher than his actual turnover worthy play percentage. And I kind of buy into it. I think he did get severely unlucky. I love the addition of Brandon cooks that turns Michael Gallup into a three overall. And I love the subtraction of Ezekiel Elliott as well. That gives Tony Pollard more time on the field. So ultimately I do think this number is a little short and we've really come a long way since last year, Thanksgiving Cowboys laying 10 at home to the giants. Pretty big market correction. Now, granted, not the exact same teams. Giants had some injuries. They have added Darren Waller as well. But I still think that there's a larger gap between these teams than the market is indicating right now.
1: Rob, only like 20 seconds to go. Any one piece of advice for people looking to bet Lions Chiefs tonight here in about 20 seconds?
2: Yeah, I would say take some flyers on alternate overs. I don't see a lot of stops, even without Kelsey in the game. Uh, I I just think that this is two great offensive play callers that have had a long time to prepare for these defenses. We could see a game into the 70s here.
0: And uh, Ben Johnson, very likely, in my opinion, to be a head coach in the National Football League coming up next year. Uh, Rob, it's great having you back in a weekly hashtag capacity here mm. on You Better You <laughs> Bet. We want everyone to follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Bazzola. Check out The Hammer on Twitter at The Hammer HQ. And check out Rob's sports betting podcast. Circles off. I, I was on it last week with, uh, with G Stack George. Yeah, G Stack. Yeah, G Stack. G Stack. G Stack.
1: I don't know where that came
0: from. Rob, thanks, buddy. Good luck with the bets except for the Cowboys, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks, guys. Same to you as well.
0: Our pal Rob Pizzola joining us here on You Better, You Bet. How about this, man? Pozzola on a Thursday. Joey Kanish coming up next hour talking college football. But on the other side, churn, baby, churn. He's back. Disco Inferno. Adam Chernoff <laughs> talking week one with Nick and Ken.